Hi, this is Tia Sirkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it begins. A desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer joined as always by Jessica Sanfilippo. Hey guys! And we're so excited because we are going to be talking more about Star Wars The Clone Wars and each and every week now. We're doing once a week. We're going to try to get these episodes out. We're going to be talking about new episodes of The Clone Wars and... Uh, there was a new trailer, Jesse. I don't know if you saw it that was released today because we are coming up on the final four episodes, the final arc of the Clone Wars ever. Yes, I saw it. It's it's definitely what we've all been waiting for, yep. for sure. Yep. So I'm very excited to talk about that. We're going to be talking about one episode on today's uh, podcast, which is called Together Again. But before we do that, I wanted to get into a little bit of some news, and then um, we'll talk about Star Wars Celebration Chicago, because this past weekend was the one-year anniversary of that. So uh, you see a lot of people posting their pictures from when they were here in Chicago last year at this time, um, and all sorts of great stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit about that briefly. Um but I think the biggest piece of news, Jesse, is that because of this this coronavirus thing, because of this uh, stay-at-home order and how all these major businesses, non-essential businesses, need to shut down, Disney and the Disney parks are closed. So um, I saw something online the other day that basically said Disney is losing $30 million per day minimum. And I could not believe that number with yeah. the parks and everything. It was just an insane number. Um, and so due to this, Bob Iger, who's the CEO of Disney or was the CEO of Disney, who basically said that he was going to step down from his perch as CEO in at the end of February, he is now returning to retake control of the company uh, to help get them out of this uh, difficult time. Yeah, they're probably all thinking to themselves, all right, great, this guy steps down. Mm -hmm. We've got this whole thing going on. I mean, if you think about it, it's not even just the parks. Like, think about all the movies that were supposed to come out this year or next year that yeah. aren't even filming or uh, to being worked on to probably any extent, really, because that's, like, non-essential if there ever was anything is just entertaining movies unfortunately so like they've already pushed back like black widow release dates so Mulan. Yeah, I mean, yeah so i mean think of the next time they're gonna have like a big box office like it's gonna be a, a long time before big money starts rolling back in yeah and i really don't know exactly what bob Iger is gonna be able to do you know while this is going on bob chapik is currently the ceo and they didn't say that Bob Iger is retaking the position of CEO. He's retaking control over the company, which 
I'm not exactly sure how that goes. I just, I feel so bad for Bob Iger just because he's been wanting to retire for so long. He's been talking about it for years. He got us through, you know, the Marvel through Endgame. He got us through the Rise of Skywalker. And he's finally, like, wiping his brow, like, phew, made it done. Time to, time to, you know, hang up the ears. And all of a sudden, bang, he comes back. This coronavirus thing just puts a wrench in everything. So... Yeah, it's put a wrench in, in everything, yeah, in all of our lives, so. Yep. It's tough. But hopefully Disney will remain strong. I mean, $30 million is a lot to lose in a day. I saw even, like, the Star Wars Hotel got defunded or something, so I don't know if that's still going to be something that's going on. Yeah, there's a lot of big changes, so. Yeah, I feel like everything's just going to be pushed back. Like, this isn't... Obviously, this isn't going to stay this way. And I feel like these huge companies like Disney, like, yeah, they're going to be hurting for a while. But I don't think we have like a a risk of losing them or anything. I think it's just going to be a long time till um, projects that we were excited about actually come to fruition. Yeah. Well, I have not ridden the Rise of the Resistance yet at Galaxy's Edge, so they better not close before I get to go on that. (laughs) Oh, they won't. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, as I talked about earlier, this is the essentially one-year anniversary of Star Wars Celebration Chicago, and to me, this was a very special one. I've been going to conventions and celebrations for a long time. I believe this was my eighth celebration, but this one was special because it was here in Chicago. It was in my home state, and uh, I got to bring you guys. I got to go with you guys, some friends that you know would typically not be able to go with it had been in a different state. So I remember having my my uh, my PfeifferCon celebration special at the house uh, with friends from all over who were coming in for the convention, had them over uh, to see the collection and everything. And uh, it was just a great time. So I know this was your first celebration. We've talked about it before. But um, what were some of your highlights from uh, from last year's celebration? Oh gosh, it was it was just like a convention like no other. Like we not only got to be with everyone we could have wanted to be with um, for this event, but we made it like really special. Like you said, like you had events at your house every night. We went out to dinner and hung out like as much as we possibly could from like dawn till dusk, like every single day. And it was just I don't know. It was just incredible to be in a place. I mean, there's part of me that feels like this at a lot of conventions where, like, all of a sudden I go from being very, uh, like, nervous to talk to people and, like, nervous to strike up conversation to, like, being able to talk to any person that I bump into because you all share, like, that common interest and to have it all be Star Wars and to experience all these new trailers together, like, probably experiencing, like, the Clone Wars trailer together and the Rise of Skywalker trailer together in those two panels, the Mandalorian TV, or not TV spot, but the first few, like, three minutes of that Mandalorian um, episode that we got to see, like, all those moments were probably my favorite because you'll never experience it like that unless you're there everyone gets to see the trailer everyone sees the show eventually and it's really fun and it's really awesome but to be in like the room with all of that energy is like nothing else that's has to be the best part yeah 100 percent. i mean you love going to meet the actors you love going to buy the collectibles 
get the autographs or whatever it is that you do, go to the art area. But I think the biggest thing and the thing that really sticks with you is the people and the energy and the positivity. I think for me, that's one of the most exciting things about Celebration because you deal with all the people who are willing to spend hundreds of dollars to go and be in a place where everybody's a Star Wars fan, you know? Right. I remember waiting in line in the morning. I got up at like four o'clock in the morning to wait in line to get into the store. And despite them saying, oh, yeah, we're not going to be able to, you know, we're not going to let people line up until six. There's always an unofficial line somewhere. There's (laughs) always an unofficial line somewhere, you know. Um, If they shoo you out of one place, you go down the down the sidewalk, wait on a different corner. This is the line. (laughs) So, um, you know, there's always a line. And I got to talk to a bunch of people who were waiting with me just because that's how you make friends. And it seems like every other time I go to a convention or go to a celebration, you meet somebody that you really connect with. And some of my best friends I've met through Star Wars. And, you know, I remember being afraid just on the internet, posting, even posting something on The Last Jedi. And this is really sad that I have to sort of censor what I post because if I post, oh, I love The Last Jedi, there's going to be a, you know, I'll wake up the next morning with like 20 notifications of people commenting on it and bashing it. It's like I just like yeah. the movie, you know. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. But at Celebration, I worked up the courage to say, what would you guys think of The Last Jedi? And everybody that I was with, and granted, if you don't like The Last Jedi, that doesn't make you less of a fan. But, like, to me, I knew that I was going to be around people at Celebration that shared my love for each and every single film in the in the star wars you know saga and i loved it it was great and you could even see that too when like kelly marie tran came on stage like i'll Mm -hmm. never forget that when she came on stage for the star wars show and everybody just like lost it and was just cheering for her and like it was like years of negative online comments were all like you can't erase them. You can't take them back because, I mean, she experienced that. And I think that affected her pretty deeply. But yeah. it, I think it made up for a lot of it. Just seeing that just because those voices are, are loud on the Internet, they're not they're not always the general population. They're just the loudest jerks. Yeah. <laughs> and Ahmed Best, too. He got yeah. like so many people were excited that he was there. Because for so many years, I mean, we saw that article, he contemplated committing suicide because of all the ridicule that he got. And for many years would not show up to conventions because of fear of, you know, how he would be treated. And I don't know, you know, I I didn't wait in his autograph line or anything because I hadn't met him before. I don't know how nice people were to him when they went up and actually got to shake his hand and meet him. I'm assuming they would have been very nice. But Yeah, um, you pay to like... Go bash somebody to their face. (laughs) Yeah, right. But it seemed like when they brought him up on stage, everybody was like chanting, you know, jar, 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 jar. Like it was awesome. It's like people were really doing their best to give especially those two extra love because they know what they've been through. So that was really special. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, another one of my favorite things about Celebration is just talking to like random people. Like if you're a Star Wars pin collector and you collect the pins, the blind boxes that they have, 
Yes. Um, you have to try and trade those with people because that's the easiest way to do it. And people, like random people, will be like, "Hey, you have a uh, Captain Rex. I'm looking for a Mace Windu. Like, let's figure this out." You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like I, I would also... never have talked to you ever <laughs> if it wasn't right. for Star Wars pins. I also loved all the people who like made their own pins and were just like walking around giving them out or like finding specific people to give them out to. Like there was one pin that I got, which is probably one of my favorites. I got the whole time. Um, It's a Morai pin. And I think I was wearing, I was wearing something Ahsoka that day. And she was like, I'm giving this to every Ahsoka I see. And like, or was it, I thought it was your convoy that you had on your shoulder. Or was it Ahsoka? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was the convoy. She was like, "I'm giving this to everyone who has a who has a Morai or who has a convoy." I don't remember exactly what she said, mm-hmm. but it was something. I think it was my. I think it was Morai. I think you're right. Um, it was something that I was wearing. That she was like, "I'm giving this to everyone who's wearing this," and it's one of my favorite pins. It's beautiful. And I also had like a little Anakin um, <laughs> come up and give me a pin that's. My favorite pin of all time that just says sand is the stupidest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous like, on that one. That's funny. It was literally like a six-year-old kid. He just ran up and like said nothing and handed it to me. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this yeah. is everything. Yeah. 100%. I loved going through the Galaxy's Edge area that they had. And then obviously going to the opening of Galaxy's Edge in Florida was just phenomenal to kind of see you know, some of the stuff like preview that they had out there meeting Hayden Christensen again. I got to uh, go with Amanda. She paid for, she paid for me to meet Hayden Christensen again uh, because I didn't like the way that I looked in the uh, previous year's picture that I had with him. So she's like, I'll pay, I'll pay half if you want to, you know, go meet him again and get a new picture. I was like, yes, thank you. So I have a couple pictures now with Hayden, which I'm very excited about since I love Anakin and yeah, I have my Ashley Eckstein picture is still up in my living room in the same spot that I said I was only putting it in temporarily. Yeah. And she's like in the middle of my living room amongst like family photos. Yeah. But that was so special to <laughs> Soka meet her. is family. I know. Those pictures are, go by so quick. Like, you know, they're really trying to get through the line, which I, I get. But like Ashley was able to like take that like two second moment and like make it special. Like, I don't know. It, she's awesome. And being a part of like Ahsoka lives day was probably one of my all time highlights of life. Cause that's something (laughs) I've always participated in like online and like watching, you know, other people take that huge photo at celebrations and, um, how Ashley always gathers up all the Ahsokas, um, and takes a picture. And like, I've always, I mean, obviously, Ahsoka's my favorite character and super inspirational for me. Um, so to be a part of that day and for Dave Filoni to show up and be a part of it as well and, like, give that speech he gave, which we're definitely going to post um, tomorrow because when we're recording today, it's the day before Ahsoka Lives Day. Um, gave a beautiful speech telling us all basically what we know now is that it's because of the fans and those meetups and the, the the constant outpour of love for Ahsoka that her character was able to continue its story. So that was probably like one of the most special moments of all time. <laughs> yeah. I honestly feel like we could continue to talk about Celebration Chicago for another three hours just because of the amount yeah. of fun that we had. And I highly recommend. I know that, you know, some people are on the fence about going to celebrations just because it does cost a lot of money. Um, But 
a celebration is a week out of the year or a couple days out of the year that I would not trade for anything. I mean, those weeks are, yeah. are they're like magical almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they are. Yeah. Super I, special would not trade them for anything. So there's just a, there's just an energy about the celebrations that make you so excited. And then you're on a celebration high for like a <laughs> month afterwards. Yeah. I think that's also why it's so cool that, you know, it's a year ago today and now today, you know, everything's kind of not as fun um, in the world as we were a year ago, but it is really cool and uplifting uh to look at everybody's pictures and um to post all the throwbacks so that has been a little bit of a of a bright light in this pandemic i think absolutely i do want to read one thing from Mm, oh so if you go on to the star wars celebration page right now so i'm sure many of you know that star wars celebration is expected to uh, happen again in Anaheim this year, uh, August 27th, 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Anaheim Convention Center. Uh, so it's a four-day-long event. So if you go onto the website right now, it basically says, in the event that we postpone or cancel Star Wars Celebration, we will offer fans the option to either transfer their tickets to the new event dates or receive a full refund of their ticket order. So you can always, you know, cancel your tickets or get a refund uh, and get a refund or kind of switch them to the new dates. So they will reschedule. It's not like they'll just be like, done, we're not having this. But I I really hope that things are better by then. You know, I, I would never want to have them say, oh, things are good. And then we all go and we all get COVID, you know. But I, yeah. I would hope that by the end of August, hopefully, fingers crossed, things are good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not optimistic about large events. Yeah. But you never know. I feel like we could things could be going back to normal within the next few months where people start going back to work and stuff. But I feel like large, big, huge gatherings like that might take a bit longer. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, like I said, I would never want them to make a decision that would put people in danger. But... This is like the highlight of my year every year, so I'm yeah. gonna be I'm gonna be kind of bummed if it if it gets pushed back or something, especially because I have two weeks paid vacation that I'm saving everything up for, and they expire in September, which is like no. a week after, <laughs> you know. So I'm hoping that everything gets gets worked out. Otherwise, I'll have to use up my vacation days for something else. So we'll see. My friend actually just sent me a text and basically showed me that. So somebody posted in the San Diego Comic Con uh, like Facebook group. I guess Governor Newsom, who must be the governor of California, uh, just said that mass gatherings are unlikely. He specifically said June, July, and August. That means uh, San Diego Comic Con and Star Wars Celebration are done. And I was just looking at some of the, the comments and someone was like, oh, it's 100% canceled. They just have to figure out logistics before announcing and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. who knows? Lucasfilm hasn't said anything and maybe the 27th is late enough in the month. I don't know. I'm just being optimistic. but um, It just doesn't seem smart. You know, if you think yeah. about it, you go three months flattening a curve and getting everybody into a 
place where it's safe to walk outside again and then you like put thousands and thousands of those people back into <laughs> in a spot together like it's just yeah. not a good idea like i know people really want this if i had bought tickets this year i would be super sad too it, w- it would be really heart-wrenching especially after this we've, all, we've already had like a month of isolation to think positively about the next time you're going to see a bunch of people it's hard to lose that but it, yeah. i just don't think it's smart to have big gatherings like that for probably the rest of this year yeah i mean what, what do i know though <laughs> yeah i think it's just one of those things that until read pop or lucasfilm or disney or somebody says it i'm just gonna basically just cross my fingers and see see what yeah. they say but um yeah who knows All right, let's go ahead and start talking about the newest episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7, which was Episode 8 of Season 7, Together Again. And uh, this was the episode that concluded the arc with Ahsoka and the Martez sisters. So what did you think of Together Again? Um, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. I think it wrapped things up beautifully between, you know, Ahsoka and the Martez sisters. I love kind of like the the growth of Rafa that we got to see in this episode. And and I, it, it's really exciting to get to think about where Ahsoka is going next with Bo-Katan. So this, I think, was a pretty big highlight in this arc and, and, and more exciting even for what's to come. Yeah. I think I've seen a lot of people, unfortunately, say, oh, these are filler episodes. These are filler episodes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are so, you watching? I right. think the thing is we know kind of where Maul ends up, right? And he mm-hmm. ends up in this in position of power within Crimson Dawn, uh, if not the leader of Crimson Dawn. We know who he's working for, though, right? At the end of Season 5, Palpatine spares his life and says, I have another use for you. And so now we're seeing essentially what that use is. I feel like Maul is sort of controlling the crime syndicates and dealing with all of them. And if you remember back to Solo, Dryden Voss basically says, you know who I report to and you'll know what he expects of us. So we know that Dryden is reporting to Maul. And yeah. we know that... The Crimson Dawn and the Pike Syndicate have some kind of fragile alliance, so I don't know exactly what the details of their alliance are, but we see now here that um, Maul is kind of controlling the Pike Syndicate. We got to see the mention of Crimson Dawn. We get to see sort of the growth of Ahsoka. You know, we talked about on a couple of the episodes ago where Ahsoka literally mind-tricked a Pike to get away with not promising the spice like not giving them their spice, uh, you know, and then leaving. Like, I don't know. That's just, to me, that's not something Ahsoka would have done were she still considered a Jedi, you know? And so I, I do think that we are seeing Ahsoka growing, figuring out her place in the galaxy without Anakin and without the Jedi. And I think, you know, that's what these Martez sisters were in the story for. Yeah, I think, though, I think she is still acting like a Jedi, though, kind of like how Rafa said. I mean, yeah, she's stealing Spice and helping run Spice, but she's doing it in a way to protect the Martez sisters. Like, it's kind of like her line she says in this episode, well, I'm here, so I might as well do some good. Like, she's this is where she is. She's 
wrapped herself up in these sisters' fate, and she's just trying to get them through without, you know, getting themselves killed, basically, and she's doing what she has to do. I didn't mean that she's, like, not acting completely like a Jedi anymore. Like, I I want to Mm -hmm. make it seem like we see growth in her, because I I feel like we are seeing that, and I feel like there are some small things that maybe she feels like she can do now that she couldn't have done when she was a Jedi. But, you know, um, like I think I saw a quote that Dave Filoni said that basically is like, you know, she can't help herself when she sees someone in trouble that she has to like help them out or whatever. Like, I don't think she's taken like a 180. Like, I don't, I don't feel like she's like completely different, but. Right. No. Yeah. She's definitely, yeah. It's an entire arc showing, the struggle, the inner struggle, basically, of leaving that life behind and finding who she is without the Jedi. And I feel like without this, people would have been like, well, how did Ahsoka get on Mandalore? And and what is she, like, you know, like, (laughs) you know that if this part, if these filler, quote unquote, I absolutely do not think they're filler episodes. I thought this was a great arc when you're just talking about developing Ahsoka's character where she is right now. Um, but if we had just found Ahsoka with Bo-Katan, people would have been like, well, I want a book or a comic that shows what she was doing before she met up with Bo-Katan. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I feel like you need to see that growth. Otherwise it would have kind of been like a shock to just be like, Oh, Ahsoka's on Mandalore doing Mandalore things. Like, yeah what happened there. So I, I, I think I thought this was really cool to get to see Ahsoka's struggle, basically, that just walking away from the Jedi, you don't get to just jump into some other glorious hero position in the world. She got knocked out of that hero position and had to find her own way um, in the real world where, where she wasn't a Jedi. I, so I don't know. I think this was essential to Ahsoka's character and story arc. Um, I, I wish we had more than 12 episodes of The Clone Wars. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Like, let's talk about that. It's not, I think that's kind of what it is too. It's not like, I think people maybe aren't thinking of it in that way, but I feel like people would feel a lot different if we had like 20 episodes. You know, people just yeah. want more. They want it to end. And I get that. Um, but, I mean, we're breaking this up into fours here. And I, I feel like we'll, they're not going to leave us unsatisfied in the end. And we're coming to probably what is the most exciting arc of all of this. So hopefully people will yeah. be happy with how it ends. And if not, I guess more for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, like you said, it's it's one of those things where we only have 12 episodes and there are some fans out there that say we've been fans from since day one and now we're finally getting more and, you know, we only have 12 episodes and we wasted on this. It's like, okay, well, you're just entitled right now. You know, you don't deserve anything. We're getting this because <laughs> Lucasfilm decided that well, Dave never got to finish his story. You know, he never got to finish the Clone Wars. Right. And I know that that's something that he's always wanted to do. And I think we're just lucky to have more Clone Wars back, you know, um, to yeah. see and some I, of that conclude. And I think people are thinking of this as like the Martez 
I think those specific people, I guess I should say, are thinking of it as like the Martez sisters, you know, arc. I I don't think this is like the Martez sisters arc. I think this is the Ahsoka finding herself arc. Mm -hmm. And I think the Martez sisters are just the, the vector that Dave Filoni used to show what the other side, what what's what does it look like to not be a Jedi in the world right now? Th- they were who showed Ahsoka what's really happening in the world in the way real people are, you know, digging in and finding ways to survive. And, and she had to learn that in order to learn what's what she could do to help the best, you know? I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Rafa. So Rafa seemed like she finally came around with Ahsoka because Ahsoka made this sort of like sacrifice for them, right? She she lied mm-hmm. to the Pikes and and um, that sort of made Rafa realize that Ahsoka is actually a good person and will do what she can to to help them. But I could not believe how crazy deep in this web of you know crime. Rafa got herself into so quickly. I mean, the person that she was supposed to deliver spice to is literally taking a holocom from Mall. <laughs> you know, right. it's like you know she was putting droids together for someone on Coruscant, like you know, a few days before, and now she's here on on Obadiah delivering spice to a, a you know the Pike Syndicate. So right. it's 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 good that she's sort of realizing how deep she got herself as quick as it it was right it's like you can only mess around in that life for so long before you're really gonna hit something that you're not gonna be able to get out of yeah for sure uh one thing that i thought was pretty cool was the shooting down the pikes uh as they're leaving in the silver angel and ahsoka's shooting and rafa's kind of looking at the display and they're kind of twisting and turning um, and the music, there's part of the music that actually reminds me of the um, TIE Fighter chase, uh, the TIE Fighter pursuit in Episode 4, when they're being sort of chased down by the TIE Fighters and, you know, things like that. Um, definitely reminded me of that. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And then the Mandalorian, uh, the Mandalorian ship, the Fang Fighter, kind of follows them out, and we see Bo kind of her, you know, the side of her face, and then it kind of turns towards um, the the viewport of her ship and that kind of reminded me of like Boba Fett and Empire kind of tracking them Falcon uh, looking and then looking back toward the you know the viewport so I thought some of the even just the little subtle things in this episode were pretty cool that's awesome I did not think of any of that stuff but now that you say it that's so cool yeah so let's talk a little bit about um, one of the most intriguing parts of this episode and that is how it ends so we have the Martez sisters and Ahsoka, they get back to Coruscant, um, and obviously we get Bo-Katan it, uh, at the end that kind of follows them and reaches out to Ahsoka, um, asking for help to confront Maul. Uh, we find out that Maul is on Mandalore, and that confuses Ahsoka. She's confused that he's there, which I'm not sure. Why do you think she was confused? Do you think... Because Obi-Wan was on Mandalore when Maul was there. Right. I think... I was thinking about this too. Um, when I guess when you go back to that episode um, in season five where we leave them, and like you said, 
Maul is basically defeated by Palpatine, but he tells him he's going to use him for something else. I wonder if at that point Palpatine kind of like took him from Mandalore, and so mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know how long timeline wise ago that would have been from then to, to where we're at now. Um, so, but maybe like Maul disappeared from Mandalore at that point, and yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm very confused about. I don't want to say confused, but I, I don't think we've been enlightened yet as to how how that all wrapped up with Mandalore and what state exactly Mandalore is in right, right now. Because mm-hmm. the last thing we heard Obi Wan tell Bo Katan was, I mean, she was like, "Go, go, tell the Republic, tell them to come. This is what you know that we need help." And he was like. Well, you know that's going to be a republic invasion, like the opposite of what Mandalore wants. They always want to be neutral. They always want to be their own thing. And she's like, that's fine. We don't care. <laughs> Defeat Maul. Yeah. Mandalore will be fine. Like, we'll still be Mandalore. Um, that was all she cared about. So, so yeah, I don't know. That's the last we've heard. Does that mean that the Republic did come and they are in control of Mandalore? I don't. I don't know. Like, well, or we did do the know crime that take over Mandalore. Yeah, yeah, Maul. We do know that Maul had put Prime Minister Almec in like a position to uh, be in charge because um, I'm pretty sure, right? Wasn't Almec in sort of in charge now because Satine's dead? Yeah, Previsla's mm-hmm. dead. He was like the face of it. Yeah, like nobody. I don't think. Many, I don't think it was widely known to the Mandalore people, to the people of Mandalore, that like Maul was the one in charge. Right. He wasn't really like the face of it. Right. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I just kind of found it a little interesting that uh, since Obi Wan was there, you'd think that he'd be able to sort of, you know, write up reports or, or inform everybody. And then I didn't understand why Ahsoka was confused that Maul would be there, but. Um, like you said, we haven't we haven't got the full story with that yet, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And before Ahsoka makes her decision, she says that she is uh, she's a little bit worried about where this path could take her. And the Martez sisters are like, "Oh, that's gonna lead you back to the Jedi." And she's like, "Yep." Um, so we put up a poll. I don't know if it's over now. It probably should be over. Let's see. On Twitter. Yeah. Yep, it's over. So I asked, uh, after seeing Together Again, based off of Ahsoka's decision, do you think she wants her path to overlap with the Jedi again? Yes, no, or not sure? The majority, 46% of the people said no, 33 yes, and 21% not sure. So I don't know if you answered that question, Jesse, but um, what do you think? I did answer that question. I voted for no. I think Ahsoka, I think the Martez sisters kind of helped Ahsoka find, you know, a niche for herself in the real world. She, they, she kind of started to see a new path for herself um, in a way that she could still do good and, and, and contribute to society. And then, you know, Bo-Katan is kind of like pulling her right back where she came from, back into the entire mix of the war and I I think Ahsoka wants to help she's always going to be the person who does everything she can to help everyone but I think she knows at this point that she made the right choice and the Martez sisters kind of also 
helped her to not like feel ashamed, I guess, about that choice. Like that really nice thing that Rafa says, um, you may not want to be a Jedi, but you act like one at least the way I want them to be. I feel like that was like a huge compliment for Ahsoka and a huge relief to Ahsoka after hearing, you know, how poorly they thought of the Jedi to realize that she, that that is who she is and she can still be that person without the Jedi Order. And now she's kind of putting herself back in that position to be influenced by the Jedi Order again. And I think she, like, I don't know. To me, I would feel like I just started finding myself yeah. On my own, without you guys, now I have to come like back into contact, and who knows where that's going to lead me. Yeah, I I actually voted for yes, and the only reason why I voted for yes is because I feel like, despite the fact that Ahsoka probably should not, just if she wants to break off that, you know, break that tie. If she mm-hmm. wants to not be a Jedi, the best way to do that is to not work with the Jedi. You know, yeah. I feel like that's the best way to, to do it. But kind of like what we talked about earlier in the show, Ahsoka is just in her nature. She cannot refuse a plea for help. And she knows what Maul has the potential to do. And we have Bo-Katan here kind of asking for help. And so I think ultimately, while she she probably knows that she should not interact with the Jedi more just for her own good, you know, I feel like deep down she's going to be excited to see Anakin again. She's going to be excited to kind of, you know, see some of the people that were the only people that she knew her whole life, you know? Um, yeah. And so I feel like deep down, yes, she does She does want her path to cross with them again. And that's that's was probably a contributing factor into her saying yes. That's my thought. But I guess I could have voted for not sure because I do see both points of view. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think she's kind of joining up with Bo-Katan knowing that she's going to entangle back with the Jedi because she almost seemed like upset about it, you know, when they were all talking about it and she was like, yeah, I know I am going to see them again. Like she said, I feel like she seemed like, cause it's a temptation, right? Like to, to go back and, you know, Anakin's going to be there and he's going to be like, we still need your snips. Like, and you're going to have to like reconfront that entire decision you made. It's like, while you might miss those people and love those people and it, that is, you know, your life, that it's, it's almost like a weird, I don't want to say dark side, but it's like kind of that like little temptation of, of come back. Like you will still have you, like you don't yeah. have to leave. But she knows that she doesn't want to be on that path. So yeah. It'll be hard to confront again. It'll be interesting but, to see how everything works once she actually goes back. Because, I mean, I don't particularly view this as a spoiler myself because I haven't seen anything other than kind of like the original Clone Wars trailer for the season and uh, the trailer that they posted today uh, from the new episodes. But if you're trying to stay completely spoiler-free and not watch anything, maybe kind of fast-forward a little bit here. But um, (laughs) we've seen some of the scenes with her going back to Anakin, her going back to the clones, and with the clones with their new armor that is clearly meant to honor Ahsoka. You know, I feel like anyone with feelings, if somebody did that to you, you would 
you would, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like you would sort of feel that pull to come back to yeah, see how like, much you were missed. This is where I belong. Like these people, I mean so much to these people. Maybe this is where I do truly belong. Like that would be such a conflict within yeah. yourself. Yeah. Oh man. I think it's going to be a, a, a challenging couple episodes. I think it's going to pull on our heartstrings a little bit. And typically with Anakin and Ahsoka, that happens, you know, especially when she left yeah. the order, it's like, Oh geez. And we know where she ends up. We know that she, she doesn't come back. And so there's going to have to be another goodbye, right? Are we going to see another goodbye between her and Anakin? I know. I, I kind of wonder if it's going to be that way or if it's going to kind of be like another like, hey, you're back. Here's your lightsabers. Okay, I'm going to go fight over here. You're going to go fight over here. Let's nod to each other like, woohoo, we're back. <laughs> and then just like separate ways. Like, I don't know how far we're going to get in this. Like, are we going to kind of see Order 66? Like, like how right. close to um, Revenge of the Sith are, are we going to get pulled to? I think it would be really cool to see another corner of Order 66. But I don't know if we're going to get that close. Um, but if, if we do, then Anakin's just gone at that point. He's yeah. off killing younglings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that'd be he the He ain't going to care. But we, yeah. I feel like there is going to be some kind of, I mean, we know from like the Ahsoka novel and stuff, like she has to walk away from Rex again. And like, it's a lot. So I don't know. I feel like we are going to see some kind of, I some kind of walking away. But I do hope it's not as emotional as that temple steps walking yeah. away. Because I don't know if I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just very excited that we have more Clone Wars, and uh, you know, like we said, we have four episodes left. Um, we've got eight down, so two out of the three arcs are completed, and I think the the arc that everyone's looking forward to is coming up now. So starting on Friday, we'll get the next, uh, the first episode of the next arc, and we'll get to see how uh, Dave wanted to to complete the Clone Wars, which is very exciting to see. Any final thoughts on this arc? Uh, um, I mean, I I. I really loved this arc. I think it's really essential to Ahsoka's story. Um, I I don't know. I just loved seeing Ahsoka kind of grow and wrestle with her decision to leave the Jedi Order and and finally come to the realization that she could could do good um, beyond the Jedi Order. So I guess we'll see where that takes her. Yeah, Bo-Katan. I can't wait with, with Bo-Katan. And I love that they confirmed that um, Sabine's mom. Yeah, Ursa Wren. Ursa Wren was one of those three um, Mandalorians that was on uh, with the Pikes. Yep. So it'll be really cool to see like that whole like another like we had all these Clone Wars tie-ins when we were watching Rebels, and now we're gonna get some Rebels tie-ins uh, back woven through Clone Wars. So I'm yeah. really excited to see how this whole 
Siege of Mandalore goes, I feel like we've this has been teased for like a million years and I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be cool to see too if there's any sort of overlap with the Mandalorian because we know Death Watch was around and, and granted Bo basically said Death Watch is gone now, but we do see some battles between the Mandalorians and um, the Separatists uh, in those sort of like flashback parts of the Mandalorian show. And uh, one thing I noticed, so we talked about, uh, obviously, Bo being one of the Mandalorians and then Ursa Ren being another one of the Mandalorians. And um, there's a Funko Pop of a character from the um, the Mandalorian show. And it's essentially just a basic name. It's called Covert Mandalorian. But if you look at the design for that on the Funko Pop, um, I actually posted something about this kind of recently. I'm going to go back and see. It was April 9th I posted it. So... It's the Covert Mandalorian Funko Pop, and then the other Mandalorian, which uh, the third one, has a helmet that's very similar to um, the Covert Mandalorian. So there's a symbol that's on, like, the forehead part that is slightly different, but otherwise the helmet looks very similar. So I think... The armorer? Hmm? The armorer lady? The lady that makes the armor? No, it's just Covert Mandalorian. Here, I'll send it to you. So I saw something where people were thinking that the um, the Mandalorian armorer from the Mandalorian could possibly be that third um, person standing there with Bo-Katan, which would be pretty cool. It would be too. cool. I don't know if, I mean, the, the helmets don't look the same, but it could right. be, you know, the helmet for Ursa Ren doesn't look like it does in Rebels either. So, you know, you get new paint jobs and stuff. I don't know. But, oh, um, okay. So, like, the, the image on, like, the forehead looks a little different, but mm-hmm. otherwise the helmets are basically the same. I mean, Bo-Katan's, um, I mean, it, it's it's basically the same, but it is a little bit different than um, how we see it, like, in Rebels and stuff. So, yeah. their helmets, we do know. I mean, we've seen Sabine change up her coloring and yep. armor a million times, so who knows? Yeah. I hope we get an answer. It'd be cool to get an answer on who that third one is. I feel like it would totally make sense for some of this to wrap into the Mandalorian, especially now that we've gotten teased with Ahsoka coming into the Mandalorian. I feel like that's like basically official at this point, even though we still don't have an official announcement. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is a, I feel like a huge step towards explaining why it would make sense for her to be in that show. So yeah. I definitely think we could see some Mandalorian uh, nods for sure. Yeah. Hopefully, um, yeah, very excited to see where it goes. So before we go here, I have a couple other things I want to talk about. Um, So we are going to be doing, obviously, we have a lot more free time on our hands. And we are going to be doing a lot more for Twin Zones Outpost. And um, we have a couple other exciting things that we're working on. Um, like I'm sure you've seen some of the videos. If you are, uh, on my personal Facebook, I've been doing some videos of the collection and we're going to be doing some other videos for Twin Suns Outposts that are coming up, including a couple new shows. So, uh, just kind of wanted to inform you guys on that. And Jesse, you're going to be a little bit more involved in some of the, uh, the in front of the camera stuff. Yeah. So these new shows are going to be recorded via video i don't want to say vlog style but we're recording ourselves and we're gonna have videos for you guys so i'm really excited 
Um, I've had a lot of fun filming the one and only thing I've filmed so far. I don't know. Do we want to say what it is now? Yeah. So this segment is basically a segment that if you guys have been listening to us for a long time, you guys know already um, we're just turning it into a video segment called How's Your Star Wars? So we've taken that segment out of the podcast just for time reasons with all these wonderful Star Wars news and shows that we've had to to talk about and share with you guys so we really loved that segment so we decided to turn it into something different it's basically going to be the same segment except you're going to get to look at us and see what we're (laughs) talking about if we're talking about you know something we got we'll be able to show it to you or if we're talking about an experience you'll be able to see our face when we talk about how excited we were about it but yeah and we're just going to take turns and uh and it's going to be you know i recorded the first one and then We'll see either Eric or Amanda will do the next one and we'll just keep rotating through our Star Wars and hopefully we'll have you guys share your Star Wars with us as well throughout. Yeah, absolutely. I love the How's Your Star Wars segment. I can't wait to see um, you know, what everyone decides to come up with. I saw uh, kind of part of yours, so I'm very excited to see the final product and I'm excited to kind of get the ball rolling on this. And so we have a couple different ideas of things that we're going to be doing. The How's Your Star Wars sort of uh, video thing that we're going to be doing is one of them. But uh, definitely stay tuned for more announcements on other uh, things that we've got in the works. Thank you so much for listening to episode 166 of Twin Suns Transmission. Before we go, Jesse, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right. And if you are looking for other places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars Podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think you're, we're pretty wizard, you can go ahead and give us a good review where you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time. And as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Airmaster Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hutt. Point on Halloween. This time you will murder to meet the king.